College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at a $1,000 savings plan deposit for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. This is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You work for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, done a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez. Valdez with an S, your liberty-loving Latino amigo right here, 17 blocks away from Madison Square Garden, New York City. And I do identify as Ultra MAGA. That's right. That's a confession. I am Ultra MAGA. And my pronouns are El Macho and OG, which stands for Originally Gordito. Now, you might call me El Conservador, but yes, those are my pronouns. And let's say if I wanted to make an example of that, we'd say Rich Valdez. El Macho went to the party, or OG, original Gordito, went to the studio. You see how that works? I can play the pronoun game, too. And, of course, a big welcome to each and every one of you, my wonderful audience, the virtuosos that listen to This Is America with Rich Valdez. Thank you. Welcome back. Always good to be with you guys. Now, the immigration numbers are still above 200,000, with now 3 million illegal immigrants inside the United States. Now, I had a conversation with ICE Director Tom Homan about the June numbers, which came out in July, just about a month ago, and that's in the the feed as well. So if you want to take a look at that, go to the podcast feed for This Is America, and you could listen to that one-on-one interview. It's listed as a bonus interview. But that's not the only thing happening, right, on the federal level. We got the CDC. CDC says that they have screwed up their COVID response. And New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy, he suspended vaccine requirements. Plus, Dr. Oz and Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman are in a Twitter war saying some funny things about one another. So I think that's pretty funny. And maybe we'll get into that later, but probably more like maybe not, uh, because it's just a lot to cover. And I don't think I'm going to get to that by the fourth segment. Uh, Also, right now, Liz Cheney from the January 6th committee, she lost her election. She's not going to be in Congress next term. Is that the end of Liz Cheney? Nah, not a chance. Here's what she said to Real News. That's a joke, by the way. Real News, Nora O'Donnell. Listen to this. The former president said last night, you're now headed to political oblivion. You said this fight is just beginning. You've even uh, launched a political organization already. So let's just be straight about it. Are you considering running for president yourself? Are you thinking about running for president? It, uh, that's a decision that I'm going to make in the in the coming months, Savannah. I'm not going to make any announcements here this morning, but uh, but it is something that I uh, I'm thinking about, and I'll make a decision uh, in the coming months. Okay. Now I did misgender her, and I know I mean uh, I misspoke on her name. It wasn't Nora O'Donnell. It was Savannah Guthrie. So forgive me on that. But the Cheney shenanigans remain the same. In fact, you've got let's see one, two, three, eight. Eight of the 10 that challenged Trump when it was time for impeachment, that the 10 Republicans that decided to vote for impeachment, eight of them have been defeated or have stepped down. So looks like there's only two more to go for Trump to even his score. And it also looks like the people disagreed with Liz Cheney. Her own constituents voted her out of office. Congratulations to Harriet Hageman on the win uh, representing the Republican Party and that nomination for the um, congressional, the at-large congressional seat in Wyoming. I have a feeling she's going to win, but call me crazy. 
Now, it's also been confirmed that the FBI collected more evidence than it was allowed to in a Trump raid. Now, that's the flowery euphemistic language that means the FBI broke the law. They violated Trump's Fourth Amendment rights. Listen to this. First time we have confirmation that the FBI and the Justice Department believes it overcollected evidence when it was at Mar-a-Lago, meaning it collected evidence that was not covered by the search warrant. Tonight, I have confirmed uh, from two different sources that the uh, Justice Department called President Trump's defense lawyers today, confirming that they did take his three passports. They are making arrangements to send it back, saying they are obligated to return it because it's outside the scope of the subpoena. They have also informed uh, the uh, Trump defense lawyers, the Justice Department has over the last few days, uh, that there's likely privileged materials that the FBI collected that now has to be segregated and returned to the president. Those privileges could be attorney-client privilege or more likely executive privilege. Now, this is remarkable. I talked to a lot of FBI people today who told me this warrant was already remarkably broad. They basically go in and get anything that looked like a presidential record to then collect something like a passport, which most agents can recognize pretty quickly, or privileged documents, raised concerns among career FBI officials. You're gonna see some of them quoted in my story tomorrow about just how this raid was conducted and the, the sort of lack of precision that was uh, carried out during this raid. And federal judge, uh, magistrate judge Reinhardt says that they're going to hear, the court will hear the arguments from the government and from the Trump lawyers on whether they're going to unseal the affidavit that they used as probable cause to obtain the search warrant to get into Trump's house to begin with. Trump is saying, unseal it all. Let's see. I want it unsealed. Let's let's hear it all. Put it all on the table. Right. But then uh, the government is saying, no, 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 we don't want to do that. And they've also apologized, you know, for taking his passports and whatnot. And this is an interesting place to be because Trump says that you're going to be shocked when you see the video. He's got the video of them conducting the search and how disorganized it was. And the question, I think, remains, will they unseal this? Is this actually going to be a thing that happens? I don't know. I can't say for certain, but we have a little analysis here, and I want you to listen to Brooke Singman on Fox News. The judge who approved the FBI's raid of former President Trump's home is set to hear arguments tomorrow on whether to unseal the affidavit that led to the search. Now, Judge Bruce Reinhardt has raised eyebrows since the raid, with critics pointing to red flags, including his ties to associates of Jeffrey Epstein and Trump adversaries. And the former president's legal team has low expectations about Reinhardt's transparency. Trump lawyer Alina Habba cites Reinhardt's recusal from the lawsuit against Hillary Clinton and other top Democrats for their role in spreading the Russian collusion narrative. Listen to this. Judge Reinhardt is the same magistrate judge that recused himself from my Hillary case about a month ago. While I would love to see it and understand why you would ask for a raid with a cooperating president, do I believe that this judge is going to reveal it? No, I do not. And Harvard Law Professor Alan Dershowitz says the DOJ could exonerate itself by simply unsealing the affidavit. Watch. Why was it necessary? Why eight months later? Why after giving subpoenas? Why even wait three days over the weekend after you've gotten the search warrant? These are the questions that the affidavit may very well answer. Look, I believe presumption of innocence for everybody, including Garland. I want to presume he did the right thing. But the affidavit is the central crucial. 
Meanwhile, Trump says the department returned his passports that were seized during the raid just one day after CBS News anchor Nora O'Donnell reported that the FBI never took them. He writes, quote, the DOJ and FBI just returned my passports. When they raided my home, Mar-a-Lago, eight days ago, they just opened their arms and grabbed everything in sight, much as a common criminal would do. In another Truth Social post, Trump suggests he has security footage of the search, despite the FBI allegedly demanding surveillance cameras be turned off. Now, legal scholars suggest that this is somewhat beside the point because uh, the great one, Mark Levin, and others have said the president has broad authority to do declassifying and classifying and whatnot, being that he in in of himself is the entirety of the executive branch because that's who we elect, him and one deputy being the vice president. It's the only federal office that everybody in America votes for. So I found that interesting. And what's more interesting is that a senior legal analyst, Eli Honig, on CNN, he agrees with the great one, Mark Levin, and others saying the same exact thing. And it happened in real time, and it was precious to listen to. Check this out. The process of declassification. So is it what basically former President Trump is saying, which is you can wave a magic wand if you're the president and go, poof, you're declassified? Is that how it works? Constitutionally, yes. Okay. The declassification authority rests with the chief executive. That's the president. The president is not just the head of the executive branch. He is the executive branch. Yes, there are all manner of forms and protocols and procedures and worksheets that one should follow. So it's done in an orderly manner. So people know what has been classified and declassified that presidents of both parties have observed for a long time. But if we're talking about just the law and constitutionally, the president has the power and it cannot be, no pun intended, it cannot be trumped because one of the agencies in the executive branch has come up with a worksheet that wasn't filled out. So we do need to keep that in mind. The law allows very broad, perhaps even broader than we like, but the reality is very broad declassification authority. But, Miles, that doesn't make sense. How can any president, forget Donald Trump, just any president, say, poof, you're declassified and never fill out any paperwork and not tell anybody that? Uh, And I think we're going to have a national commission on this after the fact, (laughs) because both sides are going to be upset depending on the outcome of this case. But I've got to side with Ellie here. I I think it's egregious if Donald Trump left the White House with this information. At the same time, though, you can already see in his early defense of him saying, well, it was declassified. I have This is speculative, but I really, really doubt Donald Trump proactively declassified any of this upon leaving. But it's very hard to show that he does have extensive authority in this space as a commander in chief. He could have said, yes, I declassified declassified on the day I was leaving office. And there's no provision in the Constitution that says this is how that has to be done. I think if it went up to the Supreme Court, probably the Supreme Court would side in his favor. Probably the Supreme Court would side in his favor. Man, I love hearing stuff like this because ultimately what they're admitting live on the air is that Donald Trump did nothing wrong. Donald Trump didn't break any rules. This is a witch hunt, right? It's just fascinating the way this happens when even the CNN legal analysts and their guests agree. Now, we're going to get into a bunch of other things like Biden's new rules uh, to deputize teachers to override parents on gender identity. And a couple of other things I want to talk about, like, you know, hopefully you're enjoying your summer. I know that I am. I had a barbecue last weekend. It was a lot of fun. It's my first time ever making margaritas, and I got a lot of compliments on them. So yay me, go me. Uh, One woman that was at my uh, barbecue uh, said that dating today is tough because she's not sure if men are straight or not anymore. (laughs) 
And I thought, wow, that's a real problem that you have there. But we're going to talk about dating a little bit um, further down the road, maybe in the fourth segment with uh, a dating concierge who's going to join us. And we're also going to talk about how this move away from traditional gender roles and sex is happening in many areas, not just dating, but it's happening in schools. Now, Joe Biden is uh, under fire like usual, but his latest Title IX rule now deputizes teachers to override parents on gender identity. Yep, that's an actual thing that's actually happening. So we're going to get into that and more on the other side of this break. Don't go anywhere. I am Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. This is America. He's brown, he's bald, and he's breaking it down. This is America with Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. And we're talking about the culture wars, what's going on with this push for gender this and gender that. And there's a lot of headlines here. Now, Joe Biden, Team Biden, I should say, they have... uh, rewritten the rules with respect to Title IX, the federal law that allows women to participate in sports and whatnot. And they're making it clear. They're coming for your children. This is in the New York Post. The administration ostensibly drafted the rules to protect gay and transgender students from bullying and harassment, but they do nothing in the sort of reality. President Biden's handing teachers a weapon to subvert parental prerogatives. Title IX is a simple statute that allows, quote-unquote, sex discrimination in education. It says nothing about gender or gender identity. But the Biden administration wants to put its own spin on the law and redefine sex to include the following categories. Now, the change has some far-reaching implications. One is that it's going to be used to keep parents in the dark on everything from curricular material to the fact that a child is socially transitioning at school. Imagine that. Because the new Title IX frames gender ideology as an anti-discrimination issue, 
Schools won't have to seek parental permission for children to participate in lessons on choosing and changing their sex. Indeed, schools will very likely use the Title IX anti-discrimination mandate to justify denying parental opt-outs from these controversial lessons. Wow. Now, this, you know, would surprise most, but it doesn't surprise me because this is totally their angle. This is their agenda. Now, some schools will be able to file for a religious exemption. So if you send your kids to a religious school, you may be able to get away from it. But make no mistake, crazy is crazy is crazy, and it's absolutely crazy. Now, in Minneapolis, the teachers' union is also going as far as uh, moving from gender to racism. And they're saying that white teachers must be fired first if there's any layoffs. Here's the headline, Washington Times. Minneapolis School District defends deal to lay off white teachers ahead of minority teachers. Unbelievable. Listen to this. Minneapolis public schools are defending the agreement that they have with the teachers union to lay off white instructors ahead of less senior minority faculty members, saying that the terms are needed to fix past discrimination, quote unquote. The district on Tuesday issued a statement after coming under criticism for language in its last collective bargaining agreement that requires schools to make a racial exception to the first in last out seniority system that they have in their staffing. And now these staffing cuts are being spurred by enrollment declines because they decided to shut down schools. And a lot of people said, we're not sending our kids back. So now they're firing white people as a result. This is just funny. Anyway, uh, it goes on. It says, to remedy the continuing effects of past discrimination, Minneapolis Public Schools and the Minneapolis Federation of Teachers mutually agreed to contract language that aims to support the recruitment and retention of teachers from underrepresented groups as compared to the labor market and to the communities served by the school district uh, is what the district said in an email. So you're fired if you're white. Fascinating. Now, in an, uh, another interesting story, and I don't have it in front of me, so I'll just speak to it briefly. But there was a story about how rosaries are now considered um, some sort of uh, Christian nationalism. So we're going to get to that in the next, in the next uh, segment. But I just couldn't help but think, this is absolutely out of control. This is mind-blowing, the way they're, they're doing this stuff the way they're just pushing everything that they can push to make things, I don't know, um, unfair, unequitable in the name of equity. You know, saying that, you know, we're going to have to be able to do this and do that because, you know, well, because you did that a long time ago or because you're white and there was past racism. Well, then you must lose your job first. We're going to use racism today to fix the racism of yesteryear. How does that make any sense in the world? You tell me. I'd love to know if you're interested, uh, chime in on social media at Rich Valdez with an S at Rich Valdez with an S on all of the social media platforms. Now, I want to switch gears and jump into something I was going to talk about in the next topic uh, in the next segment. But we'll talk about a little bit here and a little bit there because there's a lot to talk about and which is the um, Children's Hospital in Pittsburgh and in Boston and how there's a lot of uh, controversy. You know, one hospital saying, look, we're offering hysterectomies to uh, to it, what I understood it was to be to children that want to transition. Now, they later came out with a 
a big statement saying, no, 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 we're being targeted for being one of the first in the country. You know, I'll give you that info in a second. But I want you to hear exactly what they said. Gender-affirming hysterectomy is very similar to most hysterectomies that occur. A hysterectomy itself is the removal of the uterus, the cervix, which is the opening of the uterus, and the fallopian tubes, which are attached to the sides of the uterus. Some gender-affirming hysterectomies will also include the removal of the ovaries, but that's technically a separate procedure called a bilateral oophorectomy. And not every gender-affirming hysterectomy... Damn, sorry about that. Gender-affirming hysterectomy is very similar to most hysterectomies that occur. A hysterectomy itself is the removal of the uterus, the cervix, which is the opening of the uterus, and the fallopian tubes, which are attached to the sides of the uterus. Some gender-affirming hysterectomies will also include the removal of the ovaries, but that's technically a separate procedure called a bilateral oophorectomy. And not every gender-affirming hysterectomy includes that, and people who are getting gender-affirming hysterectomies do not have to have their ovaries removed. Now, what if you have monkeypox? Then do you have to do it then? Ah, I see the jury's out there. Now, this caused a, quite a stir when last week the uh, Post Millennial reported that Boston Children's Hospital is gleefully encouraging surgical, pharmaceutical, and gender transition for teens, citing that video and others that they've put out there, how they were boasting about having the first pediatric transgender surgery center in the country, offering a full suite of surgical options for transgender teens. And that is a quote. Boston Children's Hospital is promoting their surgeries through a video series on their official YouTube channel with titles like What You Need to Know Before Phalloplasty Surgery. The 90 videos in the series paint a rosy picture of the genital, chest, and face surgeries that they offer, accompanied by upbeat background music. And you just heard that. In that video, Dr. Francis Grimstad describes the process of getting a gender-affirming hysterectomy. Now, a bulletin on the Children's Hospital Gender Multi-Specialty Service, or GEMS, homepage reads, At Boston Children's, we're proud to be home to the first pediatric and adolescent transgender health program in the United States that has treated more than 1,000 families to date. Boston Children's Hospital founded this center, GEMS, in 2007. Now, there's a lot of other stuff. You could read this on your own. I'll put it out on social media. But the response to this was absolutely remarkable. Parents in the area, were, you know, who found out about this after watching these videos, they, um, they freaked out, and rightfully so. The hospital says that they've been threatened after their transgender treatment claims. And this is according to Newsweek. Boston Children's Hospital says staff have received threats fueled by misinformation about its transgender health program. Misinformation. It's their video that they've taken down from their own YouTube page, but is still floating around the web because people screenshotted it and screen grabbed or screen recorded and said, you know what, we're going to make sure people see this stuff. The hospital has been the target. Listen to the way they write this. The hospital has been the target after the publication of the article based on the incorrect statement that doctors at the hospital are performing hysterectomies, uh, hysterectomies on minors, Boston's Children's said in a statement posted on Twitter. Here's their statement. It's too long. I'm not going to read that. But they basically said that the age of consent for gender-affirming care is uh, 18 years old. Now, that's interesting. And here's uh, one clip from it. It says, Boston Children's does not and will not perform a hysterectomy as part of gender-affirming care on a patient under the age of 18. In response to commentary last week critical of our gender multi-specialty service program known as GEMS, the Boston Children's Hospital has been the target of a large volume of hostile internet activity, phone calls, and harassing emails, including threats of violence towards our clinicians and staff. 
We are deeply concerned by these attacks on our clinicians. And you know what? I think these parents and these people that you're saying are attacking you are deeply concerned on the attacks on normal young children, on the gender, the sex, and, and the health, mental health of these young children. And that they look at you as the one that's providing misinformation and having a lack of understanding and respect for the straight community. How about that? Unbelievable the way they twist things up. And I'll, maybe I'll tweet this one out too so you could take a look at it. But absolutely horrible how the news was reported on their video and they're the ones that are freaking out. Plus, you got a hospital in Pittsburgh doing the same nonsense, just with a different spin on it. Listen to this. Hi, my name is Priya Dar. I'm one of the doctors at the Center for Adolescent and Young Adult Health here at the Children's Hospital of Pittsburgh. I wanted to talk to you guys today a little bit about puberty blockers. Puberty blockers are basically a medication that says, hey, let's just put a pause on puberty. Um, and that can be really beneficial for younger kids who have start, already started the puberty process who either might um, go through a lot of psychological distress as they go through puberty if they're uh, struggling with gender dysphoria, or for somebody who's saying, hey, I'm not really sure if I feel comfortable in my body or, or what gender I truly identify with. How on earth does this happen? How did we have an explosion of gender dysphoria? How it feels like eight or nine out of 10 kids all of a sudden now is struggling with this. I don't know who I am, what I am. I'm in the wrong body. But for these people promoting it, but for hospitals making it easily accessible, but for every last teacher saying, it's okay, it's okay if you really feel. Let me tell you, I've been, my whole life, I've always felt like the guy I am. I've never felt like a woman. Now, true, I might identify as a bodybuilder. I might identify as six foot four with a six pack and, you know, 25 inch biceps. That may be true, even though I'm not built that way. I might identify that way. Does that make me the 1%? Am I now part of the 1%? BS. I know that each and every one of you listening also has always felt the way you've felt. Even people that are gay, they're men and they like men. They're women and they like women. For the most part, everybody is who they are. They're not trapped in the wrong body. And I'm not saying it's not real. I'm saying it affects very few people. And to have it as such a prevalent part of society makes no sense to me. Anyway, more to come straight ahead. We're going to get to that. Plus, we're going to talk about the dating stuff that I promised you and a whole lot more. I am Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. The 45th president, Donald Trump, thinks it's an honor to speak with Rich Valdez. Oh, very good. Mr. Call Screener. Yeah. Oh, it's an honor. Thanks, Rich. The honor is all yours. Conservative talk with a dash of sofrito. Now, here's Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. Big shout out to everybody listening on 1210 WPHT. This is America with Rich Valdez. I'm on all of the social media at Rich Valdez with an S. If you want to chime in that way, I'd love to hear your thoughts on what we're talking about right now. And there's a few things I want to talk about in this segment. Number one is inflation, right? We are still screwed. 
the um, numbers on inflation don't look any better than they did, you know, a year ago, up or down a half a percent or so, but nothing, nothing's going on. And there's a clip from NBC News that I want you to hear because this is how dire things are. And I'm surprised that this actually went out over the air on NBC News. Listen to this. Retail numbers show inflation is rippling into every corner of American life with some people skipping meals because they simply can't afford it. Prices may be down at the gas pump, but prices overall, especially for food, have increased by 8% more than they were last year. Now, if that weren't bad enough, you've got the Biden economic team going on CNN and other places saying, well, you know, the real way to fix this is for you guys to see relief on inflation is to spend thousands of dollars on energy efficient appliances, right? You got Brian Deese. He's on with, uh, I forget this guy's name, but the funny looking guy who used to be on in the morning and he's sometimes on in the afternoon or vice versa. Anyway, listen to this. On the point that you made about the timing of when people will start to see relief, you know, some of the provisions of the Inflation Reduction Act are going to ha- uh, help really immediately. Uh, mm-hmm. The provisions that give consumers tax rebates uh, or tax credits for uh, going out and buying more energy-efficient heaters, more energy-efficient appliances. Those are enacted immediately. All right. So, yeah, immediately you will find relief from inflation because of the Inflation Reduction Act if you go out and buy these uh, energy-efficient appliances. Man, thank God for the United States federal government. Woo! Man. Now, all of this is happening while... There's still a massive witch hunt, uh, witch hunt on for Donald Trump. They've also um, gotten to the uh, the older gentleman that's CFO of the Trump Organization. I guess they scared the crap out of him to um, get him to agree to ad- admitting fault or pleading guilty to 15 felonies so that his children wouldn't be uh, implicated in whatever crimes. And the crimes that he's guilty of committing are getting a free apartment as part of his compensation package, having a car paid for by the company, that type of thing. And, you know, of course, there's alleging that he fudged some numbers, but they're charging him with not the crime of fudging numbers, but with the crime of getting free perks from your employer. Rudy Giuliani has been dragged before a grand jury in Georgia. Six hours now he's testifying. I mean, this is just uh, beside the, the, the point for me. I think not only are they going after these guys, Paul Manafort was on with Levin the other night, excellent interview, explained how they treated him like absolute garbage because they wanted Trump. Everything is to stop Trump. And Trump says everything is to stop me because really they want you and I'm the only thing in the way. And while some people may want to criticize him for that, ultimately that that's the truth. And the reason I say that it's the truth is because the Department of Homeland Security... And we know this from a leak that went to Project Veritas, a whistleblower exposed this, saying that there's a new joint intelligence bulletin on domestic violent extremists or DVEs. And this is a very scary proposition. The document lists perceptions of what they call government overreach and election fraud as red flags. So if you believe in that stuff, you end up on this list. The threats that they've observed to date underscore that DVEs or domestic violent extremists may view the 2022 midterm election as an additional flashpoint around which to escalate threats against perceived ideological opponents, including federal law enforcement personnel. They go on to say information contained in this intelligence bulletin for is for official use only. No portion of this bulletin should be released to the media, the general public 
or over non-secure internet servers. Uh-oh. Well, it's out there. I'm watching it on the news. Release of this material could adversely affect or jeopardize their investigative activities. Now, the reason I think this is really problematic is obviously the obvious. But if they're going to label you and me, and because I get on the radio and I talk some smack about Biden and I don't like the way he supports Marxism and I'd like a smaller central government, now all of a sudden I'm a DVE? I've never called for violence in my life. Fascinating. It's fascinating how we've arrived at the place that we are, yet it's the left that was burning cities, and they want to say that, you know, it's it's the right that's burning the cities. It's the right that's doing all of these things. You go into all these left-wing-run cities, and there's violence everywhere. They raid the liquor store. They raid the bodega. They go in. They attack the bodeguero. They get, the guy gets stabbed. They charge the bodeguero, the bodega shopkeeper. They charge him with the crime. This is absolutely chaotic. It's absolutely out of control. Now, there was a clip of audio I wanted to play, but I think I'm going to have to owe it to you for next time because there just isn't enough time to get it in. But it's from Savannah Hernandez. She's an independent journalist uh, who uh, does really good work. I, I follow her on Instagram, and she had an excellent interview with somebody who is actually trafficking children across the border and how he has a contract to do it. And that's, in many ways, the way the government does things. So they create these rules, they paint so-and-so as the bad guy, kind of like the way we talked about earlier, how the hospital says, oh, we are doing hysterectomies. Oh, we're the first teen transsexual hospital, whatever wording they used, in the country. Then they come out and say, well, no, no, well, the hysterectomies are for adults only, and it's after they come under fire, right? So then they make them the bad guy. They make the parents that spoke out about this, they're the bad guys. You're the bad guy. I'm the bad guy because I believe one plus one is two and two plus two is four. And I should believe in this, this uh, numeral fluidity where two plus two may equal something else because that's how it may identify. No, senor, that doesn't work that way. So we're going to do that uh, human trafficking thing on the next episode. So keep an eye open for that. Plus, I have a one-on-one with Dr. Mark Siegel on monkeypox that I want to play for you. Not right now. That's going to be a separate standalone bonus interview. If you listen to This Is America on podcast, be sure to check that out. Subscribe to it. That'll be out as well. And I want you to listen to it, the uh, Mark Siegel interview, because he really explains it pretty well. In my opinion, I think he did a great job. Anyway, straight ahead, we're going to talk about the new style of pizza that's coming from Papa John's. And where do uh, Democrats or Republicans or liberals or conservatives go to date? Is there a political dating app out there? Well, there actually is. There's one in the works, and we're going to talk about it. Plus, I'm going to bring in an expert to help us understand and give us her perspective on this dating app as well. So don't go anywhere. Don't move a muscle. I am Rich Valdez. Valdez with an S. You're listening to This is America. This is America. This is America. Para Inglés, o primo número dos. Para Rich Valdez. Y esto es America. Ahora. All right, America, welcome back. Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. And yes, I still identify as El Macho. I am a man, and uh, I am your OG, originally Golito. And we said we were going to talk about dating, and we're going to talk about dating. I have a dating concierge that I want to introduce you to. Uh, her name is Laura De Silva. Laura De Silva, welcome to This Is America. Thank you, Rich. How are you? I am fantastic. And 
<laughs> I, uh, I saw this article and, you know, being that uh, I know some of the people that are listening may have seen some of your videos that are at Laura Style and that's Style S-T-Y-E-L on Instagram. I, uh, I think they may have seen it. If they haven't, they should check them out. But you have these really interesting um, videos that I really enjoy watching. And uh, you had a podcast for a while called Cheaper Than Your Therapist, which I thought was really funny because it, uh, it was a play on words. But I think there is a lot of uh, truth to that. And I saw this article. And I said, you're the person that I've got to talk to because the headline is The Right Stuff, capitalized, a dating app for conservatives is going to be launching this fall. And it's the front person, the pitch person for this is former White House uh, spokesperson Kaylee McEnany, her sister, Ryan McEnany. And I want you to listen to this. I'm Ryan. I've got to tell you about something I am so excited to announce. A dating app for all of us conservatives. It's called The Right Stuff, and it's launching this September. What I love most about it is that it's invite only, so not just anyone can join. First of all, it's free to use. And for my ladies, you'll never have to pay because we all get premium subscriptions for simply inviting a couple friends. Gentlemen, if you want access to premium, that's on you. And by the way, those are the only two options, ladies and gentlemen. The Right Stuff is all about getting into the right dating pool with people who share the same values and beliefs as you. So if you're a young conservative looking to amp up your dating life, go to joinrightstuff.com to gain early access. We need to get back to the right way of dating. See you there. All right, so uh, Laura Style, tell us a little bit here about what your reaction is. Is this going to be a bomb? Is it a hit? Is it a miss? Uh, What do you think about uh, conservatives having their own dating app? Sure. So honestly, I'm excited. I'm always down to try something new and, um, you know, support the cause, right? Um, I'll be honest with you. It wasn't until very recent that regular dating apps like Bumble and um, maybe Hinged uh, would ask, are you moderate? Are you conservative? Are you liberal? That was never an issue in the past. And I kind of feel like that caused division. Um, I mean, also, you get to the point, but you're also taking the the whole part of the the humanity experience, right? Getting to know someone for who they are and disagreeing, but also coming to some agreement. So it's kind of like at this point, we kind of do need these kind of apps because, for example, if you're a conservative and you have your your values and you're 100% sure on on how you want to raise kids, especially with everything going on today, I think these type of um, new apps that are catered to conservatives, I, I think that's a great idea. It's going to, I think, facilitate people meeting each other. So I can't tell you, especially uh, depending where you live, if you're in the New York City area, for example, I would say it's like 70% liberal. So how would a conservative girl find a conservative guy if 70% of the people there are liberal? You know, so maybe this would help. I I think it sounds like a great idea. All right. And folks, we're on with uh, Laura Da Silva. She's a dating concierge. You may have seen her on Instagram at Laura Style, (laughs) S-T-Y-E-L. And I I appreciate the feedback because I know this is something you talk about every day and you're single and you're you're in your 30s and you're you're living this life. You're doing this type of thing. When you mentioned these dating apps, while I might be as single as a dollar bill, I I signed up once (laughs) as a joke, like on a dare for Tinder. 
and uh, mm-hmm. I, I never even used the profile because I just felt like it's kind of weird to want to go to dinner with somebody in my head, you know, that, that I've never really physically seen and didn't ask to dinner mm-hmm. myself. Um, but I realized this is becoming a very antiquated way of thinking. A lot of people are telling me, including my mailman. Quick story for you. Yesterday, I, I was talking to my mailman, and he's a couple of years older than me, but he's in his late 40s, and he tells me that he, he's divorced and remarried, and his, his story was similar to mine. And I thought it was really interesting sure. because he tells me, oh, it couldn't be better. He married a girl that was 35, a uh, Colombian woman, and he said, man, it's, it's been fantastic. You know, uh, the second time is, is definitely uh, a lot better. And, and I was like, oh, where did you guys meet? And he goes, oh, match.com. And I thought, wow, <laughs> <laughs> maybe I need to give these things a shot. I don't know. But I thought it was right. really interesting. And uh, it, it, with respect to what you're saying with people um, – having these differences. I think those differences have always existed. If you, if you're going to meet somebody and you want to have a shared value system, I think that's going to contribute to the success of any relationship or marriage. Uh, but I think it, it was an afterthought in the past. And I think now that there is so much polarization in politics that it, it's a good thing. It's a good thing that you can now, um, you know, kind of, instead of having to go on dates with three women to figure out one that kind of matches your value system, now you can have a pool of maybe all three match your value system and you have a better opportunity to find the right match. Right? Sure. Absolutely. I I couldn't agree more. And also, um, Dating apps are more of the newer style of dating. This wasn't as popular back then. Match has always been around, even though now it's on an app as well. But this definitely is being catered to, I think, the newer generation. And I I really believe, like they say, the children are the future. And that's essentially what's going on. How are people going to have children, you know, keep making Americans, you know, if you don't, if you don't uh, meet people that you feel comfortable with or have these values. So uh, I couldn't agree more. Okay. Now, um, and I just want to give an editorial note here. This app is being funded. I know there was a fundraising round. They raised about a million and a half dollars recently, but it's being funded by the founder of PayPal or one of the co-founders of PayPal, Peter Thiel, who's also very intimately involved in Republican politics. Uh, I think the article refers to him as a gay billionaire backing a straight app platform, which I thought was interesting. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but um, being, being uh, that that's already out there, my, uh, my thought is I think uh, we're in agreement on this app, and I think right now people can join it by going to joinrightstuff.com if they want to find out more about it because the app isn't out yet. Now, on a separate story, totally unrelated to dating, but I think – I want to get your perspective as, as a young person and as somebody that I think is normal. And I think most normal people <laughs> like pizza. But Papa John's has introduced a pizza that is crustless. And in effect, it's a pizza in a bowl. So it's like the cheese and whatever toppings you want to add to it. But there's zero <laughs> okay. crust. What do you think about the crustless pizza from Papa John's? Um, I'm not really – I don't know. It's not – I mean, if it's there, I'll give it a shot, but it's definitely not something I'm crazy about. I don't know. Yeah, well, I can say that I love this thing because, um, <laughs> you know, like I said, OG, originally gordito, and I am a keto gordito, right? So this is totally like a keto pizza, and I mm-hmm. think it's great. It's pizza in a bowl. It is crazy, and whenever I, I've been, you know, hardcore on my keto diet, people always make fun of me, and they're like, dude, why are you <laughs> raping the pizza? <laughs> You're supposed to eat the whole thing, fold it in half and eat it. So I think now I have right. an excuse to eat the pieces of the pizza without eating the crust. All right. I just wanted to get that one out of the way. Now, let everybody that's listening know where they could find you, how they could watch your videos and everything about what you're doing. Sure. 
So my Instagram is Laura Style. That's Y E L. And my podcast is Cheaper Than Your Therapist. It's on Spotify and uh, also YouTube. So I plan on starting more in September. I took a little break, but for now I'm on TikTok and Instagram. Outstanding. Thank you, Laura Style. Dating concierge, you are my, my right-hand person. I was going to say my right-hand man for dating advice. Uh, but uh, no, for real, I think it's great that what you're doing, I'm really enjoying the videos. Keep cranking out that content and helping people with what you do. Thanks again, Laura. I appreciate it. And this is why I always say, look, you got to stand for something, whether it's the values that you uphold while you're dating or the values you uphold in how America's run and what you want to see and how you want to raise your children, the way you live your life. Ultimately, it's all about how you feel, how you love this country. And something she said earlier is making more Americans, right? Making Americans patriots that love this country. You're not going to be able to produce the future generation of patriotic American leaders if they don't have someone that they can marry that's like-minded. So I think these apps are an interesting way to do things. And while some may argue and, and say it adds to the polarization, I'm going to say that I think it's a good thing overall. And ultimately, um, people, I think, are more open-minded than we give them credit for. But we have to stand for what we believe in. You have to stand for something because if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything, right? That's Hamilton. And the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good people like you to sit there and do nothing. So make sure you do something. Take that action that you were planning on taking. Take it today. Hasta la próxima. Until the next time, America. I am Rich Valdez, and this is America. This is America.